Previously on Seek Alternate Route. I'm only ever concerned about you and whether that's going to bring you the happiness and the mm. joy and the peace and the love and the tranquility within yourself. I always felt you could do anything and when you decided what it was, you would achieve it. Hello, I'm Kyron Wheatley and this is my journey to find not just a new job but a new career or at least work out what that career might be. Proudly brought to you by Seek, this is Seek Alternate Route. Last episode, I talked to my mum and my best mate and a psychologist about my career. And lucky for you, and bizarrely for me, we taped it. So if you missed it, go back to episode two or even back to ep one if you're new to the show. I learned how easy it is to talk to family and friends about deciding to change your career, like once you just start talking. One of the points my best friend Maddie made was she just wanted me to be happy, which certainly sounds easy enough, but did make me wonder if happiness in a career is the be-all and end-all. And after your so-called dream job ends, is it even achievable? So I went back to psychologist Sabina Reid to find out what she thinks about career satisfaction. And if I could find that, please, again in the future. Your career is just an extension of who you are or a, or a happy, healthy, successful, fulfilling career is an extension of who you are, not being something that you should be to tick boxes for, you know, we, we all, I think, can fall into the trap of pleasing parents, doing the right thing by, you know, the society or the, the, the world in which we live in, perhaps having financial drivers. There's a lot of, a lot of motivators that pull us left, right and, you know, away from the core of who we are, mm. but we it erodes us eventually and I think we come back to who we are and we think, you know, that's when you hear people saying, I'm not fulfilled, I'm not being me, I'm I'm out of sorts with who I am in the role that I'm doing. Well, it's happiness, isn't it? Well, I mean, I reckon the word happiness is really overcooked and yeah. overused and has lost some of its, you know, meaning. Mm. But I think it's a sense of feeling... The security. Yeah, good in your own, good in your own yeah. skin, comfortable with where you're at. Um, you know, life's not dress rehearsal. What do you want to feel? What do you want to do with you with those hours? Yeah. That makes it feel like you're living. And look, the word authentic is also overcooked, but it's a very real word because I actually think we have a greater sense of knowing as to who we authentically are, but we block it out. We mm. wear blinkers and we shut it down. We think, you know, should, should, should. I, I call should my biggest swear word, the yeah. biggest swear word. <laughs> um, it's worse than any four-letter word I know. How much money have you got in the swear jar? <laughs> well, if I had a swear jar in, in my you know private practice or at home or at the pub or anywhere, it would be overflowing. Yep. Because we're we're often driven by shoulds, but when we only follow the shoulds of other people, you know, we become resentful and we mm. become lost, and and eventually, you know, we do something with that. And if it's something unhelpful, it might be um, workaholic or drinking or complaining or you know all the all the unhelpful behaviours that we engage in when mm. we're feeling. Um, out of sorts, um, or we can make a conscious decision to change directions and lose the should and replace it with choose. I choose. Damn, that's hard though. Like if you've if you've been on that same road for ten years, you know it, that means that the the opportunity ahead of you after ten years in the career line that you're already in is probably a great one for somebody <laughs> who but wants if it's to not do for it. You. So, but then if so, if you change careers, then it's you're also going back to square one. Yeah, and this is what I don't think we ever are going back to square one. We never go back to a baseline of not knowing. We always have, you know, transferable skills and insights and knowledge and experiences that we bring with us. 
Being a radio host for seven years kind of gave me the impression that that's all I might be good at. But it turns out I might have some skills that I can transfer to other careers. And these are, unsurprisingly, called transferable skills. Taking the skills you have at one job to a totally different job. And what I really should have been doing is looking at what I do in a job, rather than let my job title define me. I'm more than just a radio host, it would seem. In every life experience, not just vocationally, but personally, parenting, peers, in every in every domain, we accrue skills. And who says we need to leave those set of skills at the door when we, you know, leave that gig or limit them to that to that experience? So things just like negotiation and creativity and writing skills, organisation, budget, teamwork, rapport building. There are so many things that you would have put into play in various jobs that you've done. Even your early, I think it's useful sometimes to go back and look at your teenage jobs too. Flipping burgers. Did you do that? Yeah. What skills did you have to do that? I learned how to resign. <laughs> Well, that's an important <laughs> skill to have. So, quite seriously, why did you resign? Oh, it's it's the it's the clocking on and clocking in and clocking out thing. So, listen to that. So, that's that's your teenage self saying something about that restrictive. It's that working for the man. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't suit you. Mm. So, you probably knew as a teenager, I need to have something with more variety, more flexibility. Mm. It was something about the culture and the expectations of that workplace. Yeah, that's right. Can you draw a parallel between yeah, the whopper and the yeah, work? It's, like it's, it's about <laughs> you. It's not about the thing that you're doing. Yes, yes. And so you knew that you wanted variety and you knew that perhaps you wanted to be out the front. You would have been better on the till than fl- flipping yeah. <laughs> burgers because you yeah. wanted the interface with people. But how? Like that's fine for me to know, but how do I convince the employer who I've got no experience in their industry that I can – that I have these transferable skills. Yeah. So I think the job hunter has to be the one to identify the transferable skills and then sell them. And we know the research is really clear that employers want these skills. They might not list them all on a job spec, but they're important, important to them. And that they're not just looking at your past job description. They want to know that you have the capacity to work with a team, to be creative, to negotiate, to manage budgets, to whatever it is. So we've all got a big sack of transferable skills, but I think often we wait for other people to identify them Mm. in us. And you're saying, well, how do I get them out? Are you only applying for jobs through a very narrow lens? Sabina's right. I haven't opened myself up to opportunities outside being a radio host. To be honest, I haven't opened myself up to opportunities outside being a Triple J radio host. Maybe, just maybe, that's why I've been so down about not having a job. It's time to open my mind a bit. My name's Anastasia Liberados. I'm the Talent Acquisition Manager for Latitude Financial Services. Now I know what you're thinking. Why are we talking to a Talent Acquisition Manager for a financial services company? But Anastasia specialises in finding people to fill jobs. She can see skills in people that we don't even see in ourselves. And it's more than just a job for her. What I love about it is not only are you meeting wonderful people along the way, but you're also changing their lives. Because when you talk about a job, it's not just a, you know, nine to five. It's actually changing a person's life. So I thought if I can talk to a recruiter for a financial services company and they find something in me, that's suitable for them, a financial services company, then the world's my oyster, right? 
So, I started by asking Anastasia what financial services means, but then, once we'd sorted that out, I asked her how I might fit into Latitude. Surely my skills aren't transferable to somewhere in the financial services sector. They are, though. Um, You're probably not aware of the fact that we've just started doing podcasts internally for our people and we're wanting to discuss how do we actually do that externally as well. So don't ever assume that there, there won't be value there. What I suggest in that situation is that use a contact to get to somebody that can get you to the comms person. So, for instance, we've met today, right? Mm. So you can reach out to me and say, hey, Anastasia, this is what I want to do. This is the value that I see between what I've done and what I can do for Latitude. As I mentioned previously when we were talking about, you know, what appeared on my feed today, it was about podcasting and revenue. Every business, the reality is every business wants to make revenue, right? That's how... For businessmen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And that's how, you know, the organisation thrives. That's how we recruit more people. Mm. It's about thinking outside the box. It really is about breaking into a new industry. You've got skills. You've got amazing presentation skills. Um, you've been you know, in this industry for so long, we need people like that in the corporate world. We just haven't got it yet. So if my skills are transferable, which was a bit of a surprise, how do I make them look transferable on paper? I've been communicating for X amount of years, doing this, this, this. I've been presenting for X amount of years, doing this, 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 and then relate it back to an industry, relate it how that can fit into an organisation. That's what I would do. You know, we talked about um, earlier, how do you stand out as well? You need to network. You need to use your networks. You've been in a a great industry, so you would know a lot of people. So there's no shame in actually reaching out and asking them. You say use your network like it's a secret. Do people not do that very much? A lot of people don't. That's the thing. They don't use their networks. They don't know that, you know, for instance, this person's connected to that person or to that person that could lead you to to your dream job. So while people always say, it's who you know, it doesn't have to be that direct. It could be, it's who you know, who might know someone else, who knows someone else. So that's a positive. When you're applying for a job, you need to make sure that the way that you're positioning yourself is the way that that job is, right? So you can, you can show them that you can do that job. It's not easy finding a job that you love. That's what it is. But you do, you get there. It's just persistence and it's just... Um, making sure that you're clear what you want. And sometimes it might not be the right position, but that can lead you to the next one. And then it can lead you to the next one where you just find yourself, where you're like, okay, I really love this bit. Mm. This is where I want to actually pursue. I feel like I've got the knowledge to recognise skills that I could take to another job. But how often do recruiters take a punt on someone from a different field? Like, would, would I go to all this effort and it doesn't pay off anyway? Do recruiters like Anastasia ever really take a punt on someone new to the field? Absolutely. So I was recruiting a recruiter for my team. It was so difficult. The market was really tight. Um, This is when agencies were booming. Everybody wanted to be in recruitment. 
and to attract was really difficult. And I ended up recruiting somebody who came out of real estate. So she used to work in admin for a real estate organisation. She used to um, do all the administration work, but she also used to speak to a lot of the um, the renters and the landlords as well. So she had that customer interaction constantly. So it was a huge leap of faith, but it wasn't just that I could see that those skill sets were transferable because, you know, you need to have great administration skills, you need to have great communication skills um, as a recruiter, but her attitude. So when I interviewed her, she was so passionate about wanting to get into the recruitment industry and she had done research on the agency, she had done research on the clients that we recruited for. So she had gone above and beyond. And for me, it was like, okay, let's just give her the opportunity. So it's not difficult to to train somebody. It's about wanting to do that with them and guiding them and she is now a successful recruiter up in Monash. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's rewarding. You can look at that and go, you know what? Look at her go. It was a leap of faith. It was, yes, she didn't have the right skill set. She, she wasn't a recruiter, but she came from an admin position in a real estate organisation and she's, she's very successful at what she does now. Well, that is hopeful. Maybe I do have a chance to try something totally new. Next time on Seek Alternate Route. Opportunity never looks like something you want to do. It all looks like hard work, bloody hard work, and it always is. Changing careers can really hit your finances. So I'm thinking, like, what else am I going to have to do to make this change? And I talk to my partner, Reese about what I've learned. That's next in the final episode of Seek Alternate Route, proudly brought to you by Seek. As you know, I am making a career change. I'm seeking an alternate route. It's been tough trying to find the right gig. It's a lot more work, actually, than I thought it was going to be. It's, it's a job in and of itself. And part of the challenge is knowing what I want. I mean, I know I've got skills and I know what I enjoy doing, like making podcasts, interviewing people, that sort of thing. But I just don't actually know the type of jobs that I should be looking for. But the good thing is that while I'm trying to figure it out, I can create a Seek profile easily. Employers are searching for people just like me on Seek, and my profile can tell them about my experience and skills so that they can reach out to me with a relevant job opportunity. So maybe I don't need to know what I'm going to do next. Maybe my next move is something I haven't thought of yet. And maybe it's going to find me. I mean, I'm definitely open to that. So if you're thinking of seeking an alternate route for yourself, head to Seek to create your profile today and start letting opportunity come to you. 